Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen or you're actually gonna decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap. All right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. 10 acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria. February 17 to 19. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food real with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome back to The Real Food Real. Today on the show we are joined by Georgia Harding from Well Nourished. Georgia is a naturopath, freestyle cook and mother who is here today to inspire your health and wellness journey. Hi Georgia and thanks for your time today. Hi Steph, thanks for having me. Really excited to chat with you. Um, I think you've got you know some great information that you're going to be able to share with us. But before we dive in, it's your first time on the show so I'd love for you to give us some background information about yourself um, and then we'll sort of chat more about what you're doing with Well Nourished. Absolutely. Yeah, well, my background is, you know, I've been a, a naturopath, so it makes me feel so old when I say this, but um, uh, around 20 years. Um, before I became a naturopath, I suppose the road that led me to become a naturopath was I was diagnosed with a childhood um, cardiac disorder when I was about 13 years old, I think. And I was, uh, you know, had lots of different treatments, ended up on some fairly sort of nasty um, pharmaceuticals for quite a significant period of time and, you know, got into my teens and, you know, I was, I was really healthy. I was raised, you know, very reasonably healthy, I think. Um, yeah, got into my teens and started to question what else I could do to improve my health and, uh, headed into my early 20s and just decided, you know, this drug I was told that I would be on for the rest of my life and that, you know, I'd probably not be able to have children whilst taking it, but there were no other options and not that I was thinking that far ahead. But I um, 
decided that I would do something. So I went and saw a naturopath actually and uh, discussed with her about why I developed this disorder because I've never been told why, although I had a fairly strong idea that um, I'd lost someone that was really, really important to me. It was the first sort of death I'd experienced. And I really feel it was very shortly after that, like, you know, months after that happened that that I got really sick. Um, so I felt that there was, you know, this, this stress that underlined my um, heart problem, you know, being triggered. So we discussed that and I really, it was the first time that I think anyone had ever really discussed the reason behind um, or the reasons behind why I had developed a heart disorder. Um, so I, you know, went down the, the naturopathic path and long story short, managed to wean myself off, you know, these serious medications that I'd taken for like seven years, um, and, you know, onto a variety of herbs and supplements felt fantastic and really never looked back. Um, never had any other further cardiac problems touch wood and um, yeah I decided at that point that I'd done an arts degree out of school finished that I was working in design and advertising industry so um, yeah I just decided that I wanted to do something completely different I just was inspired and really drawn towards um, natural therapies my, my parents were always a bit alternative you know we saw reflexologists and stuff when I was a kid and um, so they were really supportive of, of everything that I was doing. Um, yeah, so I basically started um, studying and I did in those days there wasn't a degree available so I did a diploma um, in applied science and then, um, yeah, you know, before I'd even finished studying in those days, the laws were fairly lax around, you know, who did what. Uh, they probably haven't changed a whole lot. But I actually got invited to, to start practicing with one of my um, lecturers. So before I'd even graduated, I'd started practicing part-time and, yeah, just went on from there to build a, you know, a fabulous clinic. Um, this is in Perth. Uh, and consulted. I also lectured at um, and and uh, mentored quite a few students at uh, another university that had since opened. Uh, did a bit of talkback radio. Wrote for a couple of local newspapers. Juggled a few things. Um, yeah, so that was my sort of introduction into the world of naturopathy, and I have just loved every minute of it. I you know live and breathe my work. Um, and, you know, loved particularly teaching, loved sharing my knowledge with other people. So, you know, when I decided to take on Well Nourished, I try and condense this as much as possible, but um, I, you know, ran a very busy practice and led a very busy life when my daughter was born. You know, I finished work a few weeks before she was born, um, back practicing again when she was five weeks old, you know, pumping milk in between patients and um you know had a fairly crazy lifestyle and as a result when she was about two I was I, I got a really bad virus actually but um you know kept soldiering on like a lot of mums do and uh you know treated treated it thought I was through the worst of it but I didn't address the problem which was that I was working myself silly um running myself into the ground you, you know trying to juggle being a parent and um, running a busy practice, I really didn't look at my lifestyle, I think. So 
as a result, I was soon after um, diagnosed with Graves' disease, which is an autoimmune thyroid disease. Um, long story short, again, I decided I made a decision that I would um, uh, not follow a pharmaceutical approach, mostly because I wanted to have another baby. Um, and I spoke with a close friend of mine who's a brilliant naturopath and I spoke to the specialist, the endocrinologist that I was seeing and he basically wasn't too keen on what I wanted to do but I wanted to make a massive lifestyle change. You know, um, I stopped working, I got rid of my practice and we moved into state um, and basically treated my grave disease naturopathically uh, successfully and uh, when my daughter was about four, I, sorry, about three, I conceived my son, which, again, I was told I would never do, actually. You know, even the endocrinologist said, look, do what you have to do, but you'll never get through pregnancy. You know, that is something that will trigger your thyroid to go pear-shaped again. Um, don't expect to get through your pregnancy without having to go on Graves' medication. So I proved them wrong. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm fairly determined. But, you know, it wasn't just my diet was already excellent, um, it wasn't like I made a huge diet change, lifestyle change. As I said, I, I started taking a lot more time out for myself. I started meditating regularly. Um, you know, herbal medicine, I'm a huge fan of herbal medicine for for all ails and that formed a big part of my therapy. Um, yeah, so, you know, I had my son. Um, in the meantime, I also decided to upgrade my uh, – because I wasn't working and I'm not very good at doing absolutely nothing – so I um, decided to upgrade my diploma to deg a degree um, and studied another, well, it should have only taken me a couple of years, but between being pregnant and having a newborn and a toddler, I, um, it, did, it took me about another three or four years to upgrade my diploma to a degree. Um, yeah, and then, you know, as I said, just continued to, to live a very balanced life to keep myself well. Um, then decided, you know, I was at that point where my kids were approaching school age and my son had started going into daycare and kindy and then kindy. And again, as I said, I'm not good at doing nothing. So I just thought, what can I do? And I didn't, I didn't really feel driven to go back into private practice. I felt there was more for me. And I really wanted to, because I was socializing with a lot of people, parents with kids and um, really recognising that the way my kids ate wasn't the norm. Um, I felt very inspired to sort of share the things that came easy for me um, with other people, with other parents, with other families. So even though I'm extremely technologically challenged and I spent no time online whatsoever, I just wasn't the sort of person to sit in front of a computer. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have any forms of social media personally. I am um, somehow... I just, it almost seems like a bit of a blur, but I somehow managed to pull together a website and, you know, got online. I can remember the first time someone suggested to me, oh, you know, you should put your photos of your food on Instagram. And I was like, oh, terrified of, of Instagram <laughs> and another form of technology to manage. And, you know, now, of course, um, yeah, Instagram's the least of my worries. I've got so many different pages that I manage and, um you know, it's amazing when you challenge yourself and actually give something a go, what you can actually achieve. So, 
you know, even though the food and the sharing and the recipes um, all come very, very naturally to me and, and the, techno- the technology and, and when things go wrong, that's when, um, yeah, when I, you know, my weakness shines through really. But, um, yeah, you know, look, I, I started Well Nourished and I absolutely love the work that I do with that. I'm very passionate about um, sharing tips for, for leading a healthy lifestyle. You know, I believe that health and well-being is not just about a diet or eating well. It's very much a lifestyle. So I love sharing, you know, practical tips for parents and mums. And, yeah, very, very passionate about um, sharing food that I think food that, that kids will love, but it's family food. I don't design recipes and I don't um, make food for kids. I, I make food for people and hope that kids really like them. Um, and, yeah, just try and make my food as, as um, nutritious and as delicious as possible. Uh, and then take photos of it and put it online. You know, the photography was something I had to learn as well. I'm a hopeless photographer um, and I found out that I actually can take photos of food. So that's been a real blessing um, because I don't have to outsource that. So, yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, that's a really awesome story. And I think there's a lot I'd like to break down there, Georgia, because, you know, your story is not uncommon in, in elements, at least having that sort of health journey, which leads you to, you know, either change career paths or further your education. But, you know, it's almost like a bit of a trap that you could fall into, you know, you change degrees, and then obviously, it was almost like the same thing was happening again, in terms of uh, whether it was overwork or stress or um, overcommitting. So, what have you learned since then that you could perhaps share with our listeners, whether they're whether they're mums or business owners, in terms of like how you've sort of landed at this balanced place out of after you know two pretty big lessons and health challenges as a result. Mm. I think um, for me, the I think the the Graves disease was my real wake up call, and I always say it's a bit of a monkey on my shoulder. It's always. I felt so unwell and felt, you know, I think with my cardiac disorder, I just had to think about myself. But when I was sick with my Graves disease, I still had a child to parent mm. and, you know, a husband to, to you know, I had, there were other people involved. It wasn't just about me. So um, it's it's a bit of a monkey on my shoulder. It's something that I never, never uh, let myself forget. It's very easy. Sometimes I feel myself in that, you know, trundling forward with the th- all the things that I think that I need to get done in a day. Um, and then I think, okay, I just have to stop and I will go and sit down even if it's just for five or ten minutes and just stop. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I'll meditate, sometimes I'll just sit in silence and that really helps to sort of recalibrate Um everything for me and I actually achieve as busy as I am I actually achieve more when I do stop Mm. that's one thing that I've I've learned um and you know I understand too well you know as my kids get older it just gets busier and busier and the juggle gets tougher and tougher because they've got their own lives and they've got social lives now that I'm trying to you know fit in with everything that I want to achieve as well personally um with you know my passions um so, yeah, life is a juggling act. It's busy, 
but I, yeah, I just have to, I, I keep a gratitude journal. I think that helps to really keep um, at night. I, I try and focus on the things that, you know, are important. Um, and I try and keep a fairly sort of tight diary as well. So, you know, I schedule activities into my day, um, you know, exercise and, and time out. I, I always schedule all those things. If it's not written down in my world, I just trundle ahead and get caught up with work and, yeah, managing social media and, and all of the other commitments that I have. So, yeah, you know, a bit of organisation, a bit of forward thinking um, and, yeah, just always fitting in, taking out time for myself. Yeah, absolutely. I think such important strategy so that you are in charge of your day but always prioritising yourself. Like I find yeah. it quite common. It's certainly something I juggle even as a practitioner. It's really, you know, amazing that we get to help other people but we can almost forget to look after ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have children, so I'm sure you're juggling a lot more than I am. So I think those strategies are really like, you know, relatively simple but very easy to forget. You know, we forget yeah. the basics and we look for yeah, maybe absolutely. overcomplicating it or yeah, a quick absolutely. fix per se. Yeah, yes. but the basics are so important for our health oh, and wellness. Absolutely. Just the basics, just like, you know, making sure I'm not, a huge fan of breakfast but I always every day force myself to have a really decent breakfast because I'm not as productive I'm not as switched on I'm not as calm um, you know my train of thought isn't as succinct if I don't have a decent breakfast so yeah I think you're right I think so many people are caught up in all these little things that they should be doing that they forget the basics and that's you know nourishing their body um, regularly with, you know, whole foods and taking time out for themselves, moving a little each day. Um, you know, they're simple things. You don't have to – I used to get caught up, I think, when my kids were little that I thought there's no point exercising if I can't go out for an hour and go for, you know, you know, go to the gym for an hour or go for a long walk for an hour, then what's the point? Mm. Whereas now I take little snippets, you know, if I only have 10 minutes to walk – you know, a quarter of the distance than what I'd normally walk, then I still take the 10 minutes. But, um, yeah, as I said, it's just just the little things that add up to big improvements, I think, and, and, and man- being able to manage stress and manage a busy workload. Yeah, I totally agree. And the movement part is obviously really huge. You know, I think exercise is fantastic, but an hour is, you know, 4% of your day. So if you then go and sit in a a desk for 12 hours, then it really doesn't, you know, factor in that overall approach. Whereas if you're just naturally more active or, you know, you're making sure that you're getting your 10,000 steps as often as possible, then, you know, you you are really accelerating um, your path to optimal health and wellness. Absolutely, yeah. I, I definitely fit exercise organically into my day as well as the structured stuff, mm. you know, that I do commit to three or four times a week that I, as I said, block out an hour out of my diary and that's, you know, when I'll go to a Pilates class, I generally do classes of sorts, yoga or Pilates is my thing and a walk every now and again. But, yeah, the organic stuff is important and even just standing up, you know, I quite often will stand up and walk at work because, sitting down all day just doesn't suit my body at all. But everyone's different. Yeah, for me, I need to be upright. 
Fantastic. So one of the um, things I know you're really passionate about is how to feed the family. And you mentioned yep. before briefly that children need the same food as adults. And I'd love for you to sort of share, I guess, what your experience has been there feeding your family, but certainly then now, then next, what you're doing, you know, with your education and some strategies for our families that listen to the show. Yep. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm massively passionate about kids' health. Um, I think I always have been. Even when I was in private practice before kids, I would see a lot of children. My, my clinic was positioned between a maternity hospital and a children's hospital, so I just organically saw a lot of children. But um, I think that passion went to another level when I had kids of my own. Um, You know, so I've I've treated a lot of children over the years. I've worked with a lot of families. And uh, I think one thing, you know, I definitely fail in many areas of parenting, but the one thing I have managed to do is raise two kids who absolutely love eating whole foods. Um, It's it's not negotiable. You know, my eight-year-old son, his favourite food, if I gave him a choice, you know, he gets an option to have tuck shop, for example, once a week at school because um, I just like to give my kids, you know, choices. They have a really healthy relationship with food um, and I don't ban all, uh, you know, I'm not um, obsessive around food at all. They have, as I said, quite, I think, quite a balanced approach to food but um, they both got to an age where they're able to make good choices themselves they don't always they often you know will if there's you know a party they'll definitely be eating party food and so forth but um you know my son who started off I can remember when he was a toddler and I started feeding him um I've always fed one of my tips definitely for families is you have to eat with your kids you have to role model healthy eating it's not negotiable from as young an age as possible um, if you're putting food down in front, in, in front of them and walking away and expecting them to enjoy that meal, for me, food is it's a social thing. And, you know, I, I believe there's so much more nourishment to, to be derived from a meal if we're eating it with people that we love. And, um, you know, it's dinner time is just such a, a precious time to sit with your kids and, and learn about their day and initiate conversation. But, um, yeah, it's not always easy. Uh, you know, my kids haven't just been born loving food quite the contrary there have been plenty of challenges along the way but one thing that you know I know when my son was a, a two you know probably two around two I think of you know one and a half to two I started dishing um salad leaves onto his plate and he'd always pick them up and throw them back at me onto my plate and say to me I don't like flowers and they'd say to him, but they're not flowers, they're leaves. And, you know, they're, 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 it's food that makes you strong. And, you know, we talk about it. He didn't want a bar of salad. And, you know, he's eight now. And um, probably about the time he got to about three and a half, I persisted. Every night he would get salad leaves put on his plate. Every night he'd put them back onto my plate and tell me that he didn't like flowers. Um, and, yeah, a, a few years on, of persisting with putting them on his plate. Another thing that turned him around and another thing that, you know, families can do to get their kids involved with food is to actually get them involved in the preparation. Um, One day I noticed he was watching me um, spinning the salad leaves in the salad spinner 
and being a boy who loved anything that spun and, and, and made movement. Um, so I sat him up on the bench and got him to spin the salad leaves and then I got him to put the salad leaves in the bowl and then, you know, he, you know, I chopped up some other vegetables and then he put them into the bowl and then, you know, that night I told everyone that he'd made the salad and he was super <laughs> proud of it, still didn't eat it. Um, still, <laughs> oh, threw, still, he p- picked out the bits he did like, you know, he picked out the bits of carrot and stuff but still threw the leaves back over. But we kept doing that and, you know, eventually, you know, now um, salad is, is his absolute favourite food and getting back to tuck shop, you know, just recently he has a choice of, I don't give him a choice of absolutely anything on the tuck shop menu because some of it's just horrendous but there are healthier options. You know, they do like um, – Oh, chicken wraps and I know that they cook all their own chicken and, and, and salad and stuff and they have sushi and but his latest thing is they actually have salad on the on the school tuck shop menu and you can build a salad. So you can, you know, tick what you want in the salad from all the choices. He ticks everything every single box um and yeah you can add you know pick the type of protein you want but that's his choice there's no influence from me whatsoever you know I'll say to him you know you have salad in your lunchbox during the week that mum makes are you sure you want salad again on a tuck shop day and he's like no that's what I want I want salad so you know that kid who used to throw leaves back on my plate um but you know I think persistence I think too many parents think oh my child doesn't like this so I'll stop giving it to them and I think even as a society, we really set the bar too low, um, you know, and a lot of sporting and social things that I've been to, you know, they'll serve up, say, a kid's hamburger and it's bread with meat patty and tomato sauce. My kids always look at it and they're like, where's the salad? You know, I think we cater for the lowest denominator, whereas I think if we set the bar a bit higher and actually everyone, you know, every sporting event, um, you know, every school canteen or tuck shop, put salad in the hamburger then you know you know the kids that don't like the salad well let them take it out but I think if it becomes the norm then um you know and and people persist with putting these foods in front of their children then they will I can guarantee you that at some point they will come around to eating them yeah fantastic I think certainly we need to be providing that food um and you know tuck shops are a little bit challenging or some certainly more than others um but it's great that obviously part of the education process allows them to really fall in love with healthy food yeah you know there's definitely I'm hoping you know, as time goes on, definitely like our own school tuck shop is improving dramatically. Um, I just think the more people that are shouting from the treetops about whole food, you know, the better off, um, you know, this next generation are going to be because look, the predictions generally for this next generation aren't great and um, health-wise and, uh, you know, that really yeah, drives me to make a difference. You know, I, I focus generally on um, with the work that I do with well-nourished healthy lunch boxes is my focus and that, again, sort of started organically. I, when I first started um, with well-nourished, I put a picture of one of my kids' school lunches on social media and, you know, got this response that just blew me away, you know, people just saying, wow, your kids eat that and how do you pack that? And, yeah, so part of my business is um, the well-nourished lunchbox is a big part of my business and, yeah, something that I'm really passionate about. I mean, that's a third of what a child eats in a day is at school. So, 
you know, if that's packets and processed, all packets and processed food. And you know, a Griffith University study recently said that that um, I think it was only a few percent of children actually had a single vegetable in their lunchbox, which is, yeah, pretty frightening, really. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 So tell us more about a well-nourished lunchbox. Yeah, look, um, it, it was actually my project last year. I produced an ebook which I see as a bit of a Bible for, for all things children. As I said to you to start with, I don't like to segregate food into food being for kids. Um, for me, food is food. So the food that I bake for my kids or make for my kids' lunchbox is food that we eat as a family. It's not just food I especially make for just the lunchbox. Um, because I think, you know, that's a pressure that no parent needs is to, you know, cook, um, you know, cater for a family and then cater for a lunchbox as well on top of that. But, um, yeah, I put together an ebook called The Well-Nourished Lunchbox, which has become a bit of a Bible of all things packing lunches and, you know, as well as a lot of, um, you know, there's over 50 recipes in there, Um as well as that, there's a lot of ideas in there. You know, I have dedicated a whole section to um, different ways vegetables can be presented in a lunchbox to make them a bit more more appealing. Um, yeah, again, the drive behind that whole ebook is just to put together a resource that suits um, kids of all ages, from you know toddlers right through to teens. Um, but just to inspire and give parents ideas and, as I said, recipes that, that kids, really nutrient-dense recipes that, um, that parents will find easy to make and kids will love to eat, basically. Yeah, amazing. And I think you're right. Like it can be really overwhelming. The real food movement's huge, as I always say, but to think about how to make that transition without, say, a fridge or all the facilities that you have at home yes. can be certainly where it becomes a bit of a sticking point. So yes. um, I love this idea. I think so many parents will benefit from it. So what are some really simple examples? If you could give us two or three that you think are quite um probably you know quite simple but great ideas to get around the traditional sandwich with a popper yep. and a packet of chips yep sure um look i mean leftovers are always a gimme for me um if i'm cooking at night i always try to think ahead to the next day for lunches so you know even right down to say if on a sunday night i roast a chicken i'll often throw a second chook in there it doesn't take any more time but then i have a whole week's worth of protein to work with to put in my kids lunches mm. um but you know a couple of really simple things that that i'll often do um i do little egg cups which i just put a bit of um the bacon is optional i usually will buy some nitrate free bacon or sometimes i'll use a piece of um smoked salmon or sometimes i just won't do that at all but i just get cupcake holders and crack an egg in um, add in, you know, perhaps some chopped spinach, maybe some feta cheese, um, whatever vegetable that, you know, your child likes and throw it in the oven. Uh, yeah, the bacon or the salmon can sometimes form the outer casing of it. That's a really quick and simple um, thing that, you know, you can make up a whole tray of them. They could be frozen. Um, I use my freezer a lot. Uh, everything in my Well Nourished Lunchbox ebook is freezable. 
So, you know, if you wanted to make up batches of things, which is something I do encourage, um, whether it be, you know, savoury crackers or sweet treats or right through to the, the main part of the lunch, it can all be frozen. Another thing I do that's really simple that my kids absolutely love is quite often while I'm cooking dinner the night before, I'll throw a whole jacket potato in the oven and then I sort of cut it in half long ways um, or like across the potato and um, it actually makes a bun, like a potato bun. Mm, very good. So, yeah, it's just, you know, you can fill it again with whatever your kids like, but that's a really great replacement for sandwiches. My kids don't eat a lot of sandwiches. They're not a huge fan of, I think people think that I purposely just don't feed them sandwiches. I think there are more nutritious options than sandwiches, but, um, uh, you know, well, the sandwich is all in the filling at the end of the day, the quality of the bread and the filling. But you know, my kids aren't super keen on sandwiches, so they don't have a lot. Um, rice paper rolls, fresh rice paper rolls are another really quick, easy thing that we do for lunches because I'll often use, again, leftovers, you know, maybe some extra salad that I'd made the night before or, um, yes, yeah, some meat that I'd prepared the night before and, and put that into the rice paper and roll it up. My kids really like that. That's a simple easy great idea I love that idea Mm. and it could be anything like I could even have leftover quinoa from the night before and I'll just you know perhaps mix through some some tuna or um I buy a hot smoked salmon every week so I just flake that through the quinoa and squeeze over some lemon juice and chop up some you know herbs or something and then wrap that up in the rice paper roll and it's delicious and it's good for them easy for them to eat so, yeah, I just um, – every day is different. We're always experimenting and playing with, with stuff in lunches. Sometimes it's as simple as a couple of boiled eggs with some salad. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you've got to have day. those backup options as well. Yeah, absolutely, you? or a mm. can of tuna with salad. It's just – you know, it's not always um, – yeah, I just – yeah, roll with the, the type of week that I'm having and yeah, I try and be a little bit organised. As I said, batch baking is really important for me. So – a lot of their lunch is packed from the freezer. So, you know, I might perhaps have, say, a recipe in my ebook that it's for a chocolate um, cupcake that's got four different vegetables in it. Mm. So, you know, I have like a batch of those in the freezer most weeks and, you know, homemade muesli bars, all sorts of things that just come straight out of the freezer and go into the lunchbox, lots of savoury crackers as well. Yeah, amazing. So many good recipes. And I think, you know, you've also mentioned that you do a lot of variations for different dietary requirements. And obviously that's a bit of an issue with schools that, again, more challenging. Uh, Many schools are nut-free and then there's different intolerances and individual requirements. So um, you're obviously helping with those variations as well. Yeah, look, I try to cater. You know, one thing I've learned from being a naturopath is that there's no one-fits-all approach. We're all very different and we all have very different requirements. So, and yeah, as you said, obviously food intolerance is um, growing rapidly and, uh, yeah, look, most schools, my my ebook is 100% nut-free because in Australia anyway, most schools are nut-free zones. So I've made every recipe nut-free. Um. Yeah, but I cater for uh, yeah, I cater for gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free. Uh, I've really worked hard on this ebook for egg-free as well because there seems to be a growing amount of people that are having issues with eggs. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, I try and offer variations on recipes. So the base recipe might um, perhaps have some dairy in it, but I'll always give an alternative for people who are dairy-free so they can still make it. <laughs> 
Yeah, amazing. So that one looks so good. I think definitely um, we'll put some links in the show notes for our listeners to find out more about the Well Nourished Lunchbox, um, but you're Thank at you. wellnourished.com.au. Have you got any um, other exciting projects or anything to share with us today, Georgia? Yeah, look, I'm actually working on a, um, a e-course. Um, it's a very specific educational e-course uh, to help parents to raise food-loving kids, basically. So, um, you know, I really want to tackle this issue of food fussiness and kids head-on. And I think parents need to be given very specific strategies to implement to raise, you know, it's, as I said, it's not just luck that my kids eat the way that they do. Um, I've done very specific things and I've learned a lot along the way. I've also you know, worked with a lot of families with fussy children. And I, I know that food fussiness can be reversed. I know that for a fact. So, yeah, I just, my e-course, um, I'm teaming up with Jane Faulkner, who's a psychotherapist. And because there is a psychological um, component to, to feeding, you know, getting your kids to love whole foods. So she brings that to the table. Um, I deal with the sort of nutritional side of things and, you know, together it's very practical, it's very doable for anyone um, with a child that is hesitant to, to eat whole foods and to accept whole foods into their diet and I hope that, um, yeah, I can help rather than helping people on a one-on-one -on -one basis like I have done in the past, I'm hoping I can help many, many people with, um, yeah, raising food-loving kids. Yeah, beautiful. We look forward to hearing more about that. So yeah. can we sign up somewhere to find out more? <laughs> I told you I'm technologically challenged. Okay. I'm, never, I'm never that far ahead of myself. Um, I'm actually another thing that I've got on the guys, I'm actually getting my website rebuilt. So once it's rebranded and rebuilt, yes, you will be able to do that. Okay. Um, but at the moment, no, the best thing to do is actually just to register um, to receive my newsletter mm. um, and there will definitely be notifications through that. And in the meantime, you'll get a, a free recipe delivered into your inbox every week. So, yeah, that's free to register for the to, to subscribe. Beautiful. Your recipes look so amazing and I can't believe you thought that you weren't good at food photography because they look phenomenal and if you're taking them yourself you're doing a very good job oh thanks yeah as I said something that I just discovered about myself through <laughs> having to I had to it's <laughs> also an example of stepping outside your comfort zone hey <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah you never it's amazing the things that you learn about yourself that you can can actually achieve when you give it a go yeah mm. I'm gonna make your creamy Mexican chicken that looks uh, yeah. right, right up it's, my alley mm. yeah very simple very delicious absolutely Beautiful. It was so good to chat with you today, Georgia. Thanks, Steph. Thanks Love for inspiring us. Yes, and we look forward to finding out more about your e-course very soon. Head to the show notes team to stay in touch with Georgia on social media and over on wellnourished.com.au. Thanks again, Georgia, and we'll speak Thanks, with Steph. you soon. Cheers. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.